Welcome to the Texas Apartment Association Education Foundation series, Hints from HR. This program is designed to reveal tips for those interested in careers and career growth in multifamily. I'm Blaise Fidelari, the Business Development Manager with Gemstar Construction. We have a great program today. We're going to be discussing career paths. There are many different highways to drive down in the multifamily city. And not to quote Drake directly, but this is definitely an industry where you can start from the bottom and then make it here. Uh, started by the bottom, but we're here. All right, we're already going with Drake. I love That's it. DJ Nicole, thank you very much. And let's meet our panel. So joining the program, of course, we have Becca Ramadi, the VP of TAAEF. We have the veteran of Hints from HR, the ever-so-talented Nicole Block. And our expert joining us today is Sarah Fox. She joined BG Staffing in 2010 with a background in property management, marketing, and sales. Sarah worked in numerous roles within the multifamily industry from leasing consultant, assistant property manager. She moved up her career to the current role that she has now with BG as vice president. Sarah has served in multiple associations across the nation. She currently sits on the National Apartment Association's Career Committee. We're glad to have you with us. Thank you for being here, everybody. Sarah, let's let's jump off right now. Uh, can you just tell us how you began your career in the multifamily industry? Hi, yes, and thank you, Blaze. Um, excited to share about um, how I got into the apartment industry. It's probably a lot similar to um, a, a lot of the people that are in the industry, and is that I fell into it. So back when I was around 21 years old, I was going to community college, living on my own, and I just walked in to pay my rent. And the assistant manager at the time, um, you know, she she came. I gave him my check, walked back out. And she came and almost tackled me in the parking lot and said, are you looking for a job? And I said, you know, I've kind of been thinking about doing something different. So um, she recruited me. Um, I had no idea at all that there was a team in place or a company that actually managed the property. Didn't even think about it. And it was the day that literally changed my life forever. I was so blessed to have stumbled into an industry that so many people have no idea, you know, that know nothing about. Um, so at that point, I became a recruiter. Um, I wanted all of my friends to know exactly how about what I got into. So at that point, I was just really trying to get all of my friends jobs in the industry because it was had treated me so great. And there was just so many different career paths that I saw myself, you know, being able to have the opportunity to go to. So I was going to say that story is so similar too. of once you actually get engulfed in the industry as well. I know I was uh, similar in that regards of talking to my friends and family and letting them know how how fantastic this industry is. Let's let's go back to that Drake quote again. People starting at the bottom and now they've worked their way up and they've worked their careers to uh, be executives at the highest levels. You know, how does that even happen though, right? That's the that's the question. Like people always think this can't happen to me, but it can. One one thing I was thinking and, and thank you for censoring the the Drake song too. I was I was getting a little worried that <laughs> the real version was going to come out, but hey, we're going to roll with what we roll with. Um, but, you know, one of the things I heard Sarah say, and I appreciate it from, you know, our conversations we've had before is that, you know, paying attention to, to her passion. So she joins this industry and she was on site uh, before she, you know, joined BG, but she said the second she joined, she started recruiting. Now it's kind of a fun parallel and, and a pun either intended or not, but she was recruiting before that was her actual role in the industry. So I think that that's really powerful to her message when she starts talking about kind of defining your why 
uh, I think that there's a lot of parallels we can make uh, as far as what our passions are and where we end up. So I just wanted to point that out, Sarah, that I, I think that that's wonderful. Thank you. So <clears throat> speaking of, you know, people working their way up, uh, one of the most fascinating things about our industry is you don't necessarily need a, a college education uh, to join our industry because the associations and the education that comes along with working in this industry is so vast. There's so many different avenues to go down to get the education and be able to use that as building blocks for your career. You want to touch base a little bit, Sarah, on you know maybe some of the different ways that you can get involved and start here and work your way to uh, a, to a strong career. Some of the roles that are most sought out for after young, you know, people graduate from college or even high school are business, finance, and marketing roles. So when you originally think of business, finance, and marketing as a you know newly college grad or um, a newly high school grad, the the multifamily industry probably isn't the first industry that pops into your your head. It used to be that the management company and the hiring managers were the decision, ultimate decision maker um, when choosing you, whether or not you, they want to choose you as a certain position. Right now, the times have really changed. I mean, right now, the candidates and the new people in the industry, as long as they have the drive, the desire, the great work ethic, and, and they have that you know desire to want to help people, entering in through a staffing company really allows that candidate to be able to find their right home. Um, and so we really kind of help break down those barriers of um, having the perfect resume um, to be able to really get get those folks, you know, uh, foot in the door. Um, we offer, you know, free training uh, for not only the leasing consultants, but then also the maintenance technicians as well. Um, so we're really just trying to really recruit new faces, people just like myself, um, you know, that were just great work ethic, good personalities, and um, to recruit them into the industry for um, a longer term. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of people think too, um, Blaze, is, I mean, there's staffing companies for every single industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the longest time, I thought that we were the only ones that did what we did. Um, But now that I work for an even larger company, uh, BGSF, we staff for all different industries. That could be from that a business, the accounting, you know, the finance, the marketing, the C-suite positions and stuff too. So different properties, who do you mesh well with or not, um, and what company culture fits you. Um. Sarah, I think that your story and also what you were mentioning about um, marketing and finance and some of those things that you might not think about as being part of the industry is really the career path piece of this is really what makes our industry so unique. Yeah. and along with that fact that you can start at the bottom and reach the tippy tops of, you know, executive heights um, is really what's so unique about this industry and really what TAAEF is trying to share and tell that story to those who don't, who haven't had that light bulb moment where they, where they consider the apartment industry. Well, and I would, and I would also echo that, you know, growing in place is really something I think people don't consider you know, and what I mean by that is that, you know, you come in again, entry level or leasing consultant or, you know, and as you're, as you're learning, you're, you're learning laterally, you're not always, you know, going to be going up, you know, in, in a virtual, excuse me, a vertical trajectory. And I think that growing in place is important. And I think that what you mentioned about 
being able, you know, if you if you come in as a leasing consultant, sometimes you hear people say, oh, I'm just a leasing consultant. And I'm like, well, first of all, look at your body language. Who's going to sell? Who's going to buy from you, right? And so you are the leasing consultant. You are the front lines. You represent our brand. And here's what you're able to do. You know, you're able to sell. You're able to anticipate needs. You're able to offer customer service. You're able to take market information and give feedback in order to get the best price for your product and see how you compare. So now you're marketing and you're helping to at least be part of the conversation with setting rent. So now you're looking at more financial component and you'll start to, to really kind of, again, kind of go laterally and grow in place. And I think that that is what has been, you know, we're talking about our career paths is that I've been able to do so many things in operations that I think in any other industry would have been a little bit more linear. You know, if I'm going into aviation, it's going to be airplanes, right? And even though I'm in housing, it's anything but. So I think that that's a message that we really are continuing to try to push out there. And to your point with the staffing is that they can come in and take us for a test drive, whether it be the company or the industry, um, and be able to see how they best fit. So it's, it's definitely a conversation we need to keep having, you know, because it's, the word needs to get out, you know, more about our industry and really where it can take you. Yeah, and staffing firms, they're, they're really unique too. And you, Sarah, you mentioned it, that they can give you some of that education and guidance into facilitating one's career. Now, do you ever use as a recruiting tool the potential that, you know, starting in this industry, uh, what potential it can carve out for you for your future goals? Do you use that? Do you ever sit down with somebody and, and show them the trajectory of what it all could look like? We do a lot of talking, even internally with our company and, you know, just kind of segueing into, you know, what, you know, other talking about other career paths and recruiting tools that employers can use. Um, I think creating a visual career path um, is something that that our, our company does a good job doing, but creating a visual career path and really as property, you know, you know, these owner and operators really know that. Um, and creating that visibility. Basically, not all leasing consultants, you know, when you're a leasing consultant and you automatically think if I'm going to move up, it's going to be because I'm going to be an assistant manager, an assistant manager, uh, a property manager. But you know, not all leasing consultants are going to be good property uh, assistant property managers and not all assistant property managers are going to be good property managers. So really maximizing on people's, the individual strengths and creating a very visual, clear career path. An assistant manager might be a great junior accountant in the corporate office. So you can create a, talk to your employees about where they want to go next. If the assistant manager, you know, can either go into a property manager role, or maybe they can go into that junior accountant role or, you know, analyst role. Um, or in the leasing consultant, maybe they their next step is assistant manager, or their next step could be that you know a social media, um, you know, a, a, a place in the marketing um, field. So really being able to, uh, as the leaders of our companies, have those transparent conversations and really get to know the person individually, what their passion is, what's their why, and utilizing that passion and that why um, that's in the position that's best suited for them. Well, and they're bought in, right? I mean, if you if you show that you're invested in someone's success and you're going to use your expertise and blend it with what their passion is um, and, and they can see the path, you know, it's very, you know, very rarely is it linear. You know, the path to success is ups, downs, twist around, you know, um, but if they feel like you're invested and they can, they can see a path forward, then I think the longevity and turning it from, as we say, a J-O-B into a career um, has a better probability. 
Yeah. And I've heard the the why uh, a couple of times so far since we started. And I think that's really important to define what your why is. What is your passion? Where do you see yourself? You know, the check-in of like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Because everybody's path is different and everybody's why is different. Now, how do you utilize people's why to guide them into the career and not just the J-O-B? It really comes down to what, if you're going to be really good at what you love and if you're not loving what you do um, every single day and you're not having fun, then you're in the wrong career path. So really kind of just diving in and again, having, you know, you're guiding them by, I always say this, this industry is we're all friends trying to help friends be more successful. And so, you know, the more you can get to know that one person and again, really maximize on their why is just really going to help lead them and maybe guide them into, um, you know, an opportunity that they might not have been able to see for themselves. Um, so I think that, you know, going from a job, a job to a career, you might need, you know, a mentor. Um, and when I started in the industry, I, um, voluntold someone to be my mentor. And, um, I thank him to this day. Um, so, you know, definitely someone to be able to hold you accountable, guide you in the right direction and just be that sounding board to be able to help advance you. I think is really important. Yeah. And I think the mentor component is, is, is truly, is truly invaluable. You know, we also talk not this whole series about authenticity and connection. And so you want to make sure that the mentor you chose or choose um, is going to be someone that is invested in your success and that does understand what your needs are um, and also has a breadth of knowledge. You know, to your point, you know, Blaze, if, if I don't know anything about this industry and someone's coming to me and telling me about their passions, I don't know how they fit. I don't know where to send them. I don't know, you know, really how to leverage their passion. So so choosing and finding a mentor is is so important because they can kind of show you the roadmap. I mean, they can't, you know, walk the path for you. Um, but I think that you have to establish that with the mentor and they're, they're out there to someone that you connect with and say, you know, may I ask your guidance on something? It's, it doesn't always have to be this like formal mentor mentee relationship. It, it needs just to be a dialogue and a fresh, honest, authentic dialogue mm-hmm. is what you need in order to keep, you know, kind of maneuvering down your path. So I love that Sarah Vaughn told hers. That's amazing. But obviously she felt comfortable enough, right? There was that connection there to where she knew that she could, you know? So I think that the, choosing of a mentor it doesn't have to be so formal, but you do need to find guidance from, from people that you trust. Yeah. And, and just to kind of reiterate that and speak a little bit from my own personal experience, I think it's also important to not just choose one mentor as well. Oh, yeah. You have many mentors through, through your career. Uh, I know that my, me, myself, I, uh, I have a lot of different people that have been mentors to me and I feel like I've been mentors to a lot of people as well but it's always keeping your opportunities, keeping the door open and, uh, and, and not, uh, not be, sh- not shy away from something that may be a little bit different, uh, than you're used to, you know, challenge yourself, I think is another great way to be able to grow in this industry, you know? Well, and, and if I could just take the helm for a second, Blaze, I'm going to flip yeah. the script on you. Um, so when we were talking, I think that the stories that you were sharing as far as your experience, maybe I think that the audience would probably benefit from you know, what she shared with us as far as always picking the challenge, always taking the challenge, no matter really what it was. So I'd love for you to share with the group and then I'll give you the helm back. Yeah, I, I guess an abridged version was I, I moved down in 2009 from New York to Dallas, Texas. 
And uh, I did not even know uh, multifamily industry existed. Uh, I grew up in a flooring uh, a flooring industry in New York uh, through my my father and his father before that. So I had a I had one trade under my belt, and uh, there was an organization that was centralizing their locations in Dallas, and uh, it was a flooring company. So I I took an opportunity and went to a job fair actually that they were holding, and uh, started my career with them. And I was in the corporate office, and uh, I kind of I was in the I was manager of a billing department and. It was getting to me because people don't call the billing department typically to tell you how good of a job you're doing. Uh, I was the manager of that department. I got all of the headaches and it started really weighing down on my mental health. And I felt like I needed to do something more where I interact with people. And I saw my sales reps in the in the company in our Dallas branch were always telling me about, you know, the different trade shows and events that were put on by their local associations and, and TAA. I would hear about all these expos and I'm like, I want to go out. I want to go out in the field. And there was an opportunity for me to move to Waco to uh, take over uh, as a branch manager. And yeah. uh, I, I jumped on the opportunity. And then, well, shortly thereafter, there was an opportunity for me to move to Corpus Christi. And I took that opportunity. And then eventually I was uh, another opportunity came up in Houston. And I moved to Houston as well with my family. And that's where I am currently today. But I think what what I want to make sure, and I, and I know you you know, you know, wouldn't say this about yourself, but I, I think that you were brave. And I think that you're brave enough to go where the opportunities were. You had the ability. We don't always have the ability to be you know, relocating all the time. But you were brave enough to ask the question. You went from sales to flooring. You know, you do bids. You're, so now you're, you're so much more well-rounded because you asked the question and you went where the challenge was. And I think that that also illustrates on the supplier side, it's not just the operators, mm-hmm. you know, it's also on the supplier side that if you have the opportunity to wear so many multiple hats in this industry and it's not linear. Um, so I, so thank you. And, and you can have the controls back. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. And, and the thing was too, I eventually moved out of flooring now and I'm in general contracting, which uh, right. it, it challenged me to learn even more about the industry. And uh, I, I, I love it every single day. So if you have opportunities, say yes and, uh, and take them and try them. And if it doesn't, it out later. it's not the end of the world, uh, because there's a, like we're talking about, there's a million different opportunities in this industry to be able to, you know, find your why and your passions. If you want to just, you know, tell as many people as you possibly can um, where you want to be at um, because you're definitely not going to get there by staying quiet. Correct. And and just to reiterate this too, no two career paths are ever the same. Um, but then, you know, to kind of like backpedal a little bit, I'm going to go back to a question here with that in mind. And Sarah, maybe you want to start this off, but how does one set expectations for themselves? Um, I think, again, it's all about transparency. I'm a very visual person. So I would highly suggest, um, again, telling as many people as possible of where you want to be at and asking for that accountability. Um, so maybe write down where you want to be at and, and what, what are your 10-year goals? If that's a little, I'm a futuristic person. So 10 years is easy for me to map out. But sometimes 10 years kind of seems a little unrealistic. So maybe narrowing that back down to maybe five years. So where do I want to be at in five years? Um, I mean, even put it on your calendar. See where you want to be at. Check in with check in with yourself every six months um, and work your way down um, and really creating a visual path on where you want to be at year to year and also vocalizing it and reaching out to people that can that can be very intentional about helping and guiding you to get there um, because you're not alone and definitely not in this industry. 
in planning and goal setting, you know, um, I shared this with the group before I used to be very timeline driven and life doesn't work that way. Um, you know, as far as like the, the tick marks. So I made mine about a mindset and about a skill set. And so if there were things I wanted to get experience um, in managing through or helping people or learning it myself, um, then that's how I had my focus. So if it was, you know, you know, we talked about, you know, when I was a regional manager and there wasn't any opportunity for growth at that time, then I started to help the audit department. I started to help the training department. I started to help you know, acquisitions, dispositions, development. And so you just get more experience and learn to also collaborate with people. You learn, uh, you know, all of your soft skills um, and, you know, you, you fail and you learn and you fail and you learn and you keep going. Um, So I think that for me, you know, yes, goal setting is absolutely crucial and important, um, but mine is more of a focus on a a mindset and a skill set rather than like some people get title oriented. So I'm not wrapped up in a title per se. I'm more looking at, um, maybe my circle of influence now, as, as opposed to saying, I want to be at this, at this level. Um, so, but everyone's different, like you said. And I think that all of it's valid. I think that they, as long as you know your direction and you are holding yourself accountable with your circle of accountability, um, yeah. it, then that just helps you to be more successful. I said about transparency, especially coming from employers, being realistic about timelines and being realistic yeah. about the things needed to be learned to move ahead and sharing that and talking about it with especially those new to the industry who have no reason to know what they need to do to get to that next step, whatever that is. Transparency is a big part of that happening in a good way for people that doesn't get them frustrated and doesn't let, doesn't make them want to leave. Well, and you know what, Becca, great point. And I, yeah, I, I failed to mention it earlier, but we, we set expectations if someone's entering the industry, you know, we talk about how much we love this industry, the pace, it's never the same day twice. And, and that, you know, you're going to learn so much because you have all of this, all these avenues, but what we don't realize the flip side and unintended consequence of that is that the learning curve is long, you know, because you have so many things to learn. And so we really don't want to discourage people. We want to let, give them a chance Just say, Hey, listen, give yourself, instead of 90 days, it might be six months. It might be a full year sometimes. It doesn't mean that you're not going to know anything for 12 months, but it's going to be a progression. And I think that that is something that we need to set those expectations for so they don't get frustrated. You're not doing the same job every single day. You're not going to be a professional in 30 days. You know, so I think that that was a really, really valid point, Becca. And I think that people need to hear it. And and your goals can change too. Let's just oh, yeah. keep that in mind too. So you, when, you, when you're doing your yearly check-ins for like what your five and 10 year goals may be, don't, don't be, you know, put, get down on yourself if you're like, well, I don't really see myself going in that direction anymore. I kind of have this as a vision because we are evolving all the time. And I, I feel like I said this last week with uh, company culture as well, but career paths are not a destination as well. They're a journey and you got to just continue on that path and, uh, you know, not be afraid of opening up a window and finding out it's a door. You know, oh, yeah, and running straight into the door and then turning around and going to open up another window. I mean, you know, don't get frustrated. I mean, we make choices and it's it's the people that you meet along the way and it is the journey and it's always moving. So as long as you keep moving and you keep learning, then you're going to be a success. Again, thank you guys so much. It was thank a pleasure. You. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Sarah. We appreciate it. Bye, guys.